0: This message is not a pep rally. It's not about the power of positive thinking. However, I do want us to be encouraged and to think positively about what God can do through you, through me. And so I purposefully chose the title, You Can Be an Effective Witness from Acts chapter 14, verses 1 through 7. If you would look at that text, Acts 7, check that. Acts 14, 1 through 7. And it came to pass in Iconium that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews, and so spoke, that a great multitude, both of the Jews and also of the Greeks or Gentiles, Believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. A long time, therefore, abode they speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. Check that, in the Lord. Who gave testimony unto the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided and part held with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when there was an assault made, both of the uh, Gentiles and also of the Jews, with their rulers, to use them despitefully and to stone them, they were aware of it, or made aware of it, and fled unto Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lycaonia, and unto the region that lieth round about. And there they preached the gospel. Those words, those Six words. I had to count them. You. You. Me. We do not have to be brilliant theologians. We don't have to have been to Bible college or seminary. You don't have to have been on the mission field. If you are saved, you, as God's child, can be an effective witness. You can. It's not wishful thinking, you actually can. Be an effective witness in being surrendered to Him. You can be. You see, you've heard me say many times the issue uh, is not primarily about doing, the issue is about being. If I will be who God wants me to be, the doing's going to take care of itself. So you can be an effective witness. You can be an effective witness, singular. Yes, corporately the church, we can be effective witnesses, the editorial we, but when you place that singular in there, that's talking about you personally, you individually as a child of God. You can be an effective witness. And then you can be an effective witness, not floundering around, not up and down, in and out, Kind of lucking your way into a witnessing encounter? No, there's no such thing. You can be an effective witness as you surrender to Him. You can be an effective witness. That's giving a testimony. That's sharing what has happened to you, and God left you here by His goodness, His grace, His glory, and for His glory. To do just that. The rocks and the trees don't do this, not in a verbal sense. Oh, to be clear, the heavens declare the glory of God, but you do a better job because you actually can give a gospel witness. So you can be an effective witness, or you can't, or you won't. It's one or the other. And the Word of God teaches that, in fact, you can be. So that begs the question, To be an effective witness, what can we glean from this text, which will show us, remind us, uh, enlighten us, encourage us, equip us toward being an effective witness of the gospel? The first thing I want to suggest and bring out from this passage is, in order to be an effective witness, I must be, you must be courageous. Verse 1 tells us, and it came to pass in Iconium that they went together into the synagogue of the Jews. This first verse tells us that they're going into unfriendly territory. And if there's one thing about the book of Acts that is crystal clear, it's that whenever the apostles, whenever the gospel showed up, carried by whomever, problems accompanied that. And that's exactly what Scripture said would be the case. Paul told Timothy, young Timothy, pastoring the church at Ephesus in 2 Timothy 3.12, that all who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall, shall suffer persecution. 1 Peter 2.21 says, we've been called to suffer for Christ, for the gospel. So make no mistake about it, if I'm going to be effective in evangelism, I must recognize that I have to have the courage of the Lord because problems will come. They're going to, especially more and more in our culture. Uh, used to be folks would, you know, they might not be interested, but they would tolerate a gospel witness. Boy, it's, it's intolerable nowadays in many uh, situations um, uh, and many, um, in many contexts. Uh, there are folks who are simply hostile to the gospel um, And so, instead of shooting the message down, because it's impossible to deny it, there's too much evidence, they'll shoot the messenger, as it were, instead. So, we must courageously, and it will take that, storm the gates of hell to seek to liberate those who are held captive by the enemy of their souls. And so, courage, uh, spiritual courage is needed. Notice in verse 2, how the Lord's enemies will poison those who hear the word. Notice, but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil against the gospel and against those who shared the gospel. To be clear, we have an enemy, Satan, and he has many ambassadors who want to suppress uh, the message of the gospel. Paul told the Thessalonians in referencing the Philippians that were preaching uh, through on Sunday morning, he says in, in 1 Thessalonians 2.2, 2, but even after we had suffered before and were shamefully treated, as you know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. There, there was fur flying all around when the gospel was communicated Therefore, ergo, courage is needed to go boldly into that situation um, and present the gospel. Now that begs the question, what if I don't feel courageous? What if I don't feel bold? What if, uh, what if that, doesn't, uh, that seems to be absent in my repertoire? I don't seem to have that bullet in the chamber, and yet I need it. Let me offer a golden key to each one of these points. To be courageous you can't be courageous if you are trusting in yourself but you must recognize your sufficiency is only in him you can't produce i can't change a heart and if i will truly own that then when i am witnessing i am not even i don't even think about how uh, how eloquent is this gospel presentation did I forget to say that? Should I have said it this way? No, no uh, if I'm surrendered to him and I truly want to bring a gospel witness, then I do so recognizing that my sufficiency is only in him because he doesn't call me to be fruitful, he calls me to be faithful. And if I'm faithful at doing that, he is going to bless. He, in fact, folks, I, w- I want to go out to, uh, on a limb. Uh, I might, you might saw it off behind me. And I, I invite you to because i don't want to be incorrect so i'm gonna say something you correct me later if, if this is not right god always blesses biblical faith always blesses biblical faith he always bless. 100 of the time he blesses biblical faithfulness now how he will bless is is anyone's guess or i or, or thought because god does it in a myriad of ways But he does not neglect or forget biblical faith, trusting in him with all your heart, saying, God, I am wholly dependent on you. My sufficiency is all in you and in you alone. I'm convinced he always blesses that mindset. Amen? Be courageous. Secondly, we see in our text, be communicative. That is, you actually need to share. I actually need to tell the gospel story. Verse 1 says that, that they came, they went into the, uh, to the synagogue, and they spoke there in verse 1. And in verse 3, a long time, therefore, they uh, abode, speaking boldly. Verse 7, and they preached there, they preached the gospel. That is, I actually have to say something. I must, um, uh, I must uh, uh, speak it out, I must breathe it out before a lost person can believe it and can receive it uh, my my dear wife Kathy reminded me I don't even remember what the context was but she said to someone uh, recently and she's the soul winner no one ever got saved by looking at somebody's um, godly example yes we're to do that but that's not that's not the message I'm to actually Share and proclaim, and Kathy. I don't know that if I'm misquoting you. I think that that was the spirit of uh, of what you said. We actually must communicate the gospel message. Someone communicated with you. Someone communicated with me, uh, and we're called to do that. Evangelism is not telepathic. (laughs) I'm going to think gospel thoughts towards you, and hopefully, uh, you're you'll be on the same wavelength. No, 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 not at all. Lost people need to hear. This so is what the Ethiopian eunuch said uh, to Philip the deacon, do you understand did, uh, the deacon said, "Do you understand what you read? He said, "How can I unless you guide me? I need you to communicate to me what this is saying from the scroll of Isaiah, and he climbed up in the chariot and he shared with him he got saved, and so we must communicate the message. Let me give you a, a golden key for that to be communicative, that is to believe and fulfill the thought that you really can be an effective witness. For that to happen, you must develop your testimony and always be ready to share. Now I say develop it. It simply means rehearse it in your mind what happened to you when you got saved. You've heard mine a zillion times. 46 years ago in a Navy barracks in Washington, D.C., Uh, technically Bethesda, Maryland, right outside of Washington, D.C. On uh, May 25th, 1977, uh, a man shared Christ with me. He'd been witnessing to me for four months. Up to that point, I rejected, rejected, rejected until I I would actually then said, okay, I want to hear, I want to hear how you go to heaven. I want to hear how a person becomes a child of God. And he shared with me at 2 um, a.m., I bowed, as it were, and called upon the Lord to save me. Now, yours might not be that precise because i was an adult and the guy told me i didn't know this on my own uh, he said now i want you to write down the date and the time and because you're going to want to know that i don't know how he knew that i was going to but i'm i'm sure glad that i did uh, because there was a stake in the ground right there a a specific actual time of conversion and so whatever your uh, testimony is you might your testimony might be i don't have any idea what the date was I was nine years old, and I was in a wanna club, or uh, my grandma shared with me, or my Sunday school teacher, or whatever it might be, but develop your own personal testimony, and then do what 1 Peter 3.15 says. Be ready always to give that answer, to give that defense, to give that witness to any who will give you a listening ear. So you must communicate. You must be courageous. You must be communicative. Thirdly, be creative be creative because not everyone needs the exact same emphasis in the presentation oh to be sure it's the same gospel but god did not make cookie cutter people that have the same background the same issues or the same level of understanding so what i might share with a seven-year-old is going to be a, a phrased and framed differently than what I would share with a 47-year-old college professor, either, either one of them, both, or both of them both uh, being lost uh, and not knowing the Lord. So share the gospel in the context of uh, who it is that is uh, standing before you. Be creative uh, and make sure that uh, you don't rebuke when the need is for hope. And you don't uh, emphasize forgiveness uh, uh, when the need is first to present the law because the person is, is living in pride and self-sufficiency. You all appreciate the, what I'm saying? Understand what particular aspect of the gospel, as much as one can, um, do that. At least have that in your mind. And so when the gospel in the book of Acts was presented to the Jews... The law was referenced, Uh, the law of Moses. When the gospel was presented to the Gentiles, for instance, in Acts chapter 17 in Athens, then Paul said, even one of your own philosophers said. And so he, they um, presented, emphasized various aspects of the gospel uh, which pertain to their audience. So be creative, be careful. Of course, you don't want to at all shortchange the gospel because if you shortchange it, uh, there's, no, there's no effectiveness. You can be an effective witness by presenting the gospel to, uh, in a way uh, that the person will understand. For instance, uh, a nine-year-old Sunday school child in a Christian home likely would not understand the same aspects of the gospel uh, that a 55 a 50 year old man in prison who's been there for 25 years you all appreciate that so what you're sharing and how you're sharing it should be tailor-made to your audience fourthly check that golden key uh, for being creative to be creative you must be aware of the lost person's perspective. Just share that through illustration. Um, the The message doesn't change, but uh, and you might not have walked in the exact same shoes, but you can certainly um, uh, construct your presentation to the need, the perceived need, or the apparent need in that person's life. Fourthly, be consistent. Verse 3 says, God granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. In other words, God allowed their walk, their demonstration of knowing him, to match their talk. And that is so critical. He not only wanted them to share, but he wanted them to care for these people. He's not just a a, a notch in their gun belt, look look who I won, that kind of a thing. Um, And we live in a pragmatic society, in a pragmatic world. That if Christ in you hasn't made much of a difference in your life, why would I want him? The lost person might say. And so uh, be consistent in your walk. And um, that way the person uh, that to whom you're witnessing finds your witness to be credible. Golden key. Your life much must match your lips. <laughs> your... your uh, walk must match your talk. Uh, and uh, and that's, that's a good rule of thumb for, for anything uh, uh, in following the Lord, but it is especially critical. And we know that biblically to be the case because King David was known as a man after God's own heart, and yet he publicly sinned with Bathsheba in adultery had her husband put on the front lines in battle so he would be killed, and he was. Uh, and Nathan the prophet came to him in 2 Samuel twelve fourteen, says, you have given great occasion for the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. You're not a man after God's own heart. You're no better than any of us are. You're as wicked as we are. And so be careful in that, um, that you are consistent. And finally, just the word I used, uh, be careful. That is, use wisdom. Use wisdom when witnessing. Don't be sheepish, but don't be bullish, because that's, that's caving into the flesh. Well, I'm afraid, and I better not say anything, uh, uh, the wrong thing, or this person might not like me or might reject me, uh, or, or whatever, that kind of a thing. Nor are we to be bullish uh, and grab somebody by the shirt and say, you better get saved, you're going to hell. You know, and, no, that's, that's just, that, God doesn't use it. God doesn't need, and, won't, and he won't bless the flesh in trying to communicate biblical truth. What is the proper formula? Well, we're given it. In Ephesians 4, 15, speak the truth in love. And if I care about that person's soul, if I truly am burdened for what is going on in that life, then I'm going to, uh, it's going to be manifest in uh, how I share. And so when you're in a situation filled with loss, if, uh, if you are invited, for instance, and this has happened probably with any number one of us, any number of us, any one of us, uh, invited to a false religion, for instance. you're invited to a, a a Hindu festival, for instance, and you you go into there, and I would do that if I was invited. and you know you're going in to model Christ and to share Christ if you can, if you if you have opportunity. But that doesn't mean you're to stand up and boldly and loudly uh, start shrieking at people you all are all given to uh, uh, polytheism and there isn't any such thing as polytheism because by definition uh, uh, polytheism is incoherent Uh, if there are many gods then that means not any one god can be all-powerful all-knowing ergo there can't be many gods y'all see the logic there that's not going to win anybody <laughs> in doing something like that. Um, and so be very careful. I mean, I, when, I, uh, when I was in the Vatican, I was in St. Peter's um, two times ago. Uh, and folks are kneeling on their knees praying at the casket, a glass casket, see-through. Kathy, was that in St. Peter's? Am I remembering that correctly? Of a pope who'd been dead for 100 years. He didn't look good, by the way. I just wanted to say, What are you doing? Why are you praying? Why are you given to idolatry? That was what was in my heart. But I'm not going to get a listening audience doing something like that, whereas I very well may if I shared individually uh, with that. So be careful that, in fact, you speak the truth. In love and so here's a golden key for this uh, sixth point fifth point be careful you must always be looking for an opportunity to witness without being an opportunist I uh, I have officiated as you know over 500 funerals and I do so and I never turn one down if I can at all help it on my schedule I always officiate funerals when I'm asked, because it's an opportunity to present eternal hope in Christ. But I can't imagine, I can't think that I've ever been an opportunist trying to take advantage of the situation in a manipulative sort of a way, because again, God doesn't need my flesh to make the gospel come alive in the heart of a lost person. Amen? So look for the opportunity but don't try to coerce somebody or or, or manipulate somebody into uh, hearing your gospel witness. The ministry of evangelism is not an Amway presentation. Okay? (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about? (laughs) That's not what it is. It is total yieldedness to him to be used in your life to communicate truth that only he can use and only he can uh, will change a person's heart so you can be an effective witness focus on these principles these practical golden keys now get busy sharing sharing it's not an appointment that you have. It's not an event. It's a as you go. Be broadcasting the seed, praying over uh, that seed, uh, the intercession, uh, the uh, the water. It's the rain of of prayer that's coming down. That's uh, going to spark uh, germination in that gospel seed, so that the Lord would bring in our harvest. Lord, I'm thankful for this, your word, and these uh, uh, thoughts that can come from this passage. We see each one of these principles uh, evident in this passage, and so, uh, Lord, we, uh, we ask that um, Lord, you would use each one of these in our lives. Do this work for your name's sake, for your glory, Lord Jesus. Use us in the field of evangelism.